Thank you, because we have received ability to understand, because we are children of yours. We give you praise in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. As we sit down, let's take our declaration of understanding. Let's go. Now I declare that the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation, the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will, in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I'm pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work. And I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. If you believe you are blessed, give me an amen. Amen. All right, the Lord is good. Please take your seat and greet somebody, please, on your left. And you're right, unless you are sitting on an island. The Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. Can we open our Bibles to the book of Psalms? Psalm 66. I want us all to read. We are in the whole of the Psalms, Psalm 66. Say, shout joyfully to God, all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. Make his praise glorious. Say to God, how awesome are your works. Because of the greatness of your power, your enemies will give feigned obedience to you. He said, all the earth will worship you and will sing praises to you. They will sing praises to your name. He said in verse 5, come and see the works of the Lord, who is awesome in his deeds toward the sons of men. He turned the sea into dry land. They passed through the river on foot. There let us rejoice in him. He rules by his might forever. His eyes keep watch on the nations. Let not the rebellious exalt themselves. Selah. Verse 8. Bless our God, O peoples, and sing his praise abroad, who keeps us in life. And does not allow our feet to sleep. For you have tried us, O God. You have refined us as silver is refined. You brought us into the net. You laid an oppressive burden upon our loins. You made men ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water. Yet you brought us out into a place of abundance. He said, I shall come into your house with burnt offerings. I shall pay you my vows, which my lips uttered, and my mouth spoke when I was in distress. I shall offer to you burnt offerings of fat beasts with the smoke of rams. I shall make an offering of bulls with male goats. A sailor. He said in verse 16, Come and hear all who fear God, and I will tell of what he has done for my soul. I cried to him with my mouth, and it was extolled with my tongue. Now notice verse 18, which is actually the center of why we are reading all of this. He said, if I regard wickedness in my heart, the Lord will not hear. But certainly God has heard. He has given heed to the voice of my prayer. Blessed be God, who has not turned away my prayer, nor his loving kindness from me. Praise the Lord. The Lord is good. I just felt it's good to read... um, it's good to read Psalms once in a while, you know. Just read the whole Psalm. It's, uh, it's very beautiful, all right? 
I just thought we should read all of this, even though the main thing I wanted is verse 18, but it's just appropriate to give attention to the reading of the word of God. So you see David here described the fact that he was in distress and he called out to God. He said that when in distress, you brought us into the net, in verse 11. You made men oppress us in 12, you know, yet you brought us out into a place of abundance. That is, God now took us out of our distress into the place of abundance. Now, in verse 16, he began to testify. Come and hear all who fear God. I will tell you what he has done. How did he deliver us? I cried to him with my mouth. That's what happened. He said, verse 18, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. Now that is crucial to God paying attention to his prayer. That he does not hide iniquity in his heart. He does not regard wickedness in his heart. He makes sure that his heart is pushed clean of the things that are displeasing to the Lord. And that's what I want to focus on today as we're examining briefly again the matter of the prayer warrior. Please uh, pardon me to repeat myself again. And that is, one, whatever God wants to do, he will, he requires people to do them through. And there are two sides to the involvement of people. There are two sides to it. And the first one I want to talk about is that issue, in fact, maybe three levels, actually, three levels. One, there is a prayer level, there is a prophetic level, and then there is a doing level. Let me put it like that. I think let's use those three levels. Those first two levels are the spiritual side, and it needs people in those levels. We have the level of the prophetic, then the prayer, and then the, let me use the expression, the outward doing. Uh, Let me just really give an illustration about that. Jeremiah prophesied, Daniel prayed, do you understand that? And then Darius led the people go. These are the three levels. Jeremiah prophesied, surely the Lord God does nothing except he reveals his secret counsel to his servants, the prophets. They will prophesy the thing that God wants to do into the earth. I want us to remind us again that many things that God so declares, they are his will, they are his plan. Then Jesus now taught us to pray like this. When you are praying, say to God, that plan that you have, that is recorded in the heavens, let it be done on the earth. That is, even though God has released the word concerning his plan, it does not mean the thing will always automatically come to pass. They have to be activated. The activation involves, first, the declaration involves a man. The activation also involves people on the earth. That is, we will now take those things and make them prayer points. We saw Daniel as our example. When he read the prophecy of Jeremiah, he began to pray. Jesus said, when you find the prophecy of Jeremiah like that, you will pray, thy will be done on earth as it is recorded in the heavens. What he was saying by that is this. The will of God does not get automatically done. Somebody has to pull it down into the earth. And so what God does when he wants something done is to raise people in different levels. So if he says he's going to do something, then somebody hears it and makes it his prayer point. Now we are talking about that person. That's why we're looking at the prayer warrior. We've been talking about that for some days now. 
Now, being a prayer warrior is not just that you have read the book of Jeremiah. Your name, you know, when I say name, please, you understand what I'm trying to say now. Your name has to be Daniel. When I say Daniel, I don't mean that you must be that person, Daniel. But there must be something about your life that makes your words important. And that's what we are looking at. That being a prayer warrior is not just that, yes, I have found out that when Daniel grabs a book and he prays with it, results come. No, it's beyond that. That God raises the Daniels that can take the book, do you follow? And pray with the book. And my assignment in this season, Paul said, through the grace that is given to me, I say to everyone, so in the same manner, through the assignment given to me and the grace that backs it, I'm saying to everyone, rise up and be a Daniel. Are you getting my point? That is, there are many things that God wants to do, which you have heard again and again. You've heard different processes from different places. We are saying that those things will happen, but, but there is a crucial point to cross. And that crucial point is when Daniels, you know, different Daniel with an S now, when the Daniels of this season rise up and pray with what they have heard. And they say, God, let there be a revival in the land. He said, Lord, let there be a revival in the church. We know that you don't like injustice, so let justice come. We know that you don't like truth being perverted. So we say, cleanse the church, bring truth, prosper truth, guide thy sword, like David said, upon thy thigh, O most mighty. Write down prosperously and in majesty because of truth. Let your right hand do awesome things because of truth. Do it in the body of Christ. Do it in the church, um, um, in the nation. Do it on the nation, in the nations of the earth. Let thy judgments be seen upon this earth, so that the inhabitants thereof will learn righteousness. These are things we have read in scriptures. But somebody needs to read them out to God in prayer for those things to begin to happen. So my assignment, like I said, is to raise the Daniels that will do that. And who are the Daniels? We have been looking at that. There are the people of like passion. People who have learned to love what God loves. People who have imbibed the emotions of God. God has feelings about things. We must not forget that. There are things we discussed the last time. There are things he does not love. Then these people make up their mind. That is, you train yourself. It's a matter of training. To hate what God hates, to love what he loves, is a matter of training. And that's the way by which you are raising yourself up to be a Daniel. I, I spoke last time about being um, somebody of constant faith. And that's what I'm continuing on today. We must be people of constant faith. We must not be people that shelve our faith and pick the faith up only when we need it. That is, if I'm sick, I remember that the word works. Do you understand my point? But when I'm in the office, I don't remember the word works when I'm discussing the affairs of the nation. I don't remember that the word works when I'm talking about the destiny of my children. I don't remember that the word works when I'm doing my business. You understand? There are people you interact with. You, you, you just know that obviously their Christianity does not cross their business line. You understand my point? Yeah, no, you know, he said this one is a business. I this one is not church. So God needs to come to a school of business studies. Let's teach him how business is done on the earth. Do you follow my point? <laughs> now, that, those are people that shelve their faith. They are people that when they want to talk on things that like they don't have an immediate need. I've gotten into it again. They don't give. Are you getting my point? And so our pastors, they have learned that since you will not give, I see a lot of times, sometimes people will be telling you stories, <laughs> you know, of how, how when they were in this church, they gave and gave until they almost died. But this place where they are right now, they don't give anymore. <laughs> I don't know whether you are getting my point. It will sit you down. Hey, 
You know, when that church, we were giving as if we were going to die. They said, if we don't give, we don't prosper. That tells time I sold my house. There was a, that, you hear all kinds of stories. You would all think the people, people like that have learned the habit of giving. No, no. They've not learned anything. <laughs> you know the reason? They were not givers. Pastors were just scaring them to releasing money. Tricking them into releasing money. Enticing them into releasing money. And once Okemote arrived with a different gospel, which is the gospel of Jesus, and he began to explain that that is not the key to deliverance. He began to explain that that is not the key to prosperity. That that is not the key. That the key to deliverance is walking away from iniquity, believing the word of God, and walking in righteousness. That the key to prosperity is on knowing the grace of the Lord Jesus and living a life of faith constantly and asking God. And you take those, you see all of those things, which actually one of the works of righteousness, God is a giver. His children are givers like him. And the Bible says God loves a cheerful giver. All right. But you are just saying that you don't give so you can get. You say, eh, okay now. So all the years of laboring giving comes to an end. Why? The fellow was never a giver. Those people shelve their faith. That's what I'm t- trying to explain. Now, I keep on getting into that right, because there's so much of the opposite outside there. People keep on hearing ne- stories, all right, it's inciting them to give. And the day you tell them the truth of God, in fact, I've seen people who react, who reacted. You know what they reacted? They now became very hard. You know, in fact, they all now became wickedness. That's like one day when I was on radio, when the apostle on air was interviewing me that day. You know, the time that he freeze was freezing all the offerings in town. <laughs> when I went in, I said, look, I was, for me, it wasn't about uh, his titan composure or not. He said, no. I just realized a lot of people are not going to hide behind that. Yeah. Okay? Uh-huh. I said, yeah, it's not compulsory. We said, and I'm saying it again, it's not comp- in fact, God never commanded Christians to do it. In case you have not heard it before, hear it now. All right? God never, ever, not one time, he, did nev- he never commanded Christians to tithe. It's we... <laughs> That they invented it to raise money for church, all right? And it works, all right? <laughs> what the Bible says, God loves what? A cheerful giver. Do you understand my point? Uh-huh. So, but that, I just asked people that, let's not sit on that. He said, pastors are flying private jets. Ask Okemude to show his private jets. He doesn't have a private jet. Sometimes his private car doesn't have private fuel. Is he a lie? <laughs> My pastors are flying private jet. I said in the whole of Nigeria, with all the thousands of, we have 22,000 registered denominations in, in Nigeria. Yes. Can you believe that? 22,000. You are wondering. 22,000. That's why you can't register your own ministry again. There's no name. If you want to, if you want your ministry to be registered, use your father's name. <laughs> Don't use your father's name, nothing for you. <laughs> you now see, you see ingenuity in manufacturing names now. Soon coming king will go and come again ministries. You know, things, because there's no name you want to use, they have not used. <laughs> anyway, let me see what I'm ready to say. So that day I said, on, yeah, I said, with all the pastors in town, we cannot count six. We can't count six that have private jets. We can't. And when I say six, I counted in my mind. And I got up to five. And the one just buy, one was just buying that time. That's why I, I hung it around six. 
most pastors, they don't have private house rent. Private school fees is hard. When you go to hospital, you have to tell the doctor, I'm a pastor. Because really, if you don't, if you don't say that, <laughs> you can't pay the bill. Yeah, that's, I'm telling the truth. But that's the way I have to go and say, guys, forget that the Frizo. Don't learn the wrong lesson from him. All right? What I mean, like, the letter of what he was saying. Yes, he was right. The young man, the, the man was right. What we were preaching was not the word of God. We just uh, did a lot of things we wanted to do. But I didn't like his spirit. I didn't follow his spirit. And I didn't want anybody. So I went and I didn't talk about that at all. See, people, let's realize that we must support the work of God. Forget whether you are, if you calculate 10%, it's your, you know, it's like your, it's your family decision. Okay? Yeah, but you can also calculate 15% and calculate 30% and calculate 50%. You calculate what? 80%. And 90%, 95%, and then 99%. In fact, just do 100% self. We won't have to talk to you again. Is it not Bill Gates that you told us give 40 billion naira so far? Uh, dollars. What do I say naira? Mix it with dollar. I have more faith in naira, that's why. All right, the Lord is good. Bill Gates, 40 billion dollars given out. You know, I mean, we should do things like that. And if we have the right heart, listen to me, if we have the right message, the right people, the right prayers, pastors need to learn to pray. Send financial laborers into the harvest. Teach them the truth. Explain to them the way you preach expecting nothing in return. They should give also expect nothing in return. One day you are going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ and give an account to all, for all the messages you preached or refused to preach. You understand my point? Or how much of it you preached? How accurate were those messages? Tell the fellows, in the same way, you too, as I'm standing and saying that, Lord, I preached Genesis all I knew. Exodus all I knew. And I preached it 15 times in six years. And I started all over again. And I wonder that the revelations. I showed I did every word you put in my mouth. I did not restrain anyone from coming out. Go and see, Paul was emphatic about that. He said, look, when he was leaving uh, Ephesus, he explained it. Day and night, there was nothing I refused to tell you. I knew these words would bless you to build you up. That's what God, Jesus was going to ask him. Can I say Jesus was angry with him because he was teaching. Then the word of God will come to him through a prophetic utterance and he will hold it back. And Jesus said, I'm warning you. Tell the people that in the same manner, one day, you too, you will stand and say, Lord, every money you give me, I spent it the way you said I should. I gave it the way you said I should. For evangelizing Asia, I gave $50 billion. Nobody knew my name. But I made sure that I was always given. For evangelizing Africa, I gave $50 billion. Nobody knew I was there. We, we, through that, I would do that through at least 150 ministries who I knew were teaching the truth. I invested this amount and I was able to employ 50,000 people in places that they said people were poor. I was paying salaries to 50,000 people. I took young men and young women out of poverty. And nobody, and I'm not deserving of thank you. I'm just saying, I hope I have been good and faithful a servant. Listen to me, pastors. Teach that. The church will have so much money. We'll be like Moses. Tell people, brethren, please, eh? Um, we just thought about it. The elders of this church said no offerings for the next three months because I was still trying to think about how to spend the ones that you have given. Um, some of you have been asking me, so how do we give towards this project? The project does not need anything in Jesus' name. Amen. But meanwhile, since you want to give, we have found some other uh, mission work ministries and charity organizations that need money. So please see uh, uh, the Kinsosa and Swamta service. He will give you their 
email addresses and their phone numbers. You can contact them and give them an offering. Anybody that gives in the next one month, please, oh, we are warning you. <laughs> you can come to that. People will be sitting there and say, we don't understand, though. This our church is not moving at all. Can you imagine? Give an offering of $6 million. Pastor has not even checked the balance. They're not working. We'll now be quarreling of areas of evangelism that they are supposed to have gone. Say, Pastor, what is the problem? I know money is not the problem. Pastor will say, listen, we have money. Men is the problem. So, okay, raise another prayer team. Lord, send men, preachers, men and women, young men and young women into the harvest field to go and preach. So, because the harvest is plentiful, the money is plentiful, the preachers are the ones that are few. Listen to me. It may sound like we are joking, but that happens. If we teach the truth, let's teach people the truth. Oh God, let me, I'm stuck on it now. Handling money is a ministry. It's an assignment from God. It's not a right to live large. When the church would know it has made it, it's when you get to church, you cannot buy the kind of cars they drive, the kind of, uh, what they call the clothes they wear, or house they live in, or the kind of holidays they take with their families, identify those who are rich and those who are poor. That you will not be able to. Because the man who healed last year, you know, it was a year like that, my friend told me, you know, Bill Gates, dividends for one year, $4 billion. Some, some people bought shares in GT Bank, First Bank. At the end of the year, when they pay you 10000 you nod, say, nah, my money is working. 10000 naira. They tell you interim dividends, 6 5 An access bank will collect a lot for depositing 6 5 into your account. Listen to me, Bill Gates, $4 billion. Four billion dollars. The Lord is good. I don't even think we can organize no crusade to finish that money. I'm serious. Where's the ministry? The man understood that. Not the way the Christians understand it anyway. The way he understands it is in the book of um, Proverbs. So in the book of Ecclesiastes. It's God's way of collecting his money. If you're a Christian... And you learn the truth. I'm serious. There's a way you spend it and you'll be pleasing to God. If you're a non-believer, you're not working with God. Do you know the truth? You also spend it in a similar way. That those who don't understand will think you are kind, you're wise, you're righteous. You know God. They won't understand that you have learned that I have labored and gathered. I don't know whether my children are fools. And you have reasoned that the only thing to do with this money is spending while I am alive. And the only way you can spend money while you are alive is to give it out. If any money eating money while he's alive, say anybody eating money while he's alive, he's poor. Because money to eat is not plenty. I don't know whether you're getting my point. Those who have real money, they can't eat while they are alive. These men that are giving out $40 billion in a number of years, don't know when they started his work, maybe like 20 years ago. In case you don't know, he flies private. At the point in time, he had the most sophisticated house in the world. Then when Bill Gates built his own house in university, he built it for, I think, 20 or $30 million. Everything was computer controlled. Not today's technology now. Then it was a futuristic house. So don't think he's humble. I, I, you get what I'm trying to say? People say that, you see, he doesn't wear Gucci shoes. His house can buy Gucci and all his possessions. <laughs> don't be impressed. Don't people get impressed with something and say, nah, 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 nah. Make a noise. You know why he's giving out money? 
God said you will give it out. God always collects his money. Why am I stuck on this? Anyway, let's continue preaching. The Lord is good. Now, what, what am I trying to say? Now, when you do that, I'm trying to explain a particular principle that so, Christians must learn it that, listen, don't let anybody, you know, people tend to learn what is wrong. We teach them um, what they call it, doctors that are wrong, trying to get, make them give money, but they are not converted into what? Givers. And that's why I went into all of that. So when people like that, the freeze now come up, people who have not been converted, they follow him. Because the letters, he may appear correct in the letters, but the spirit is not what God expects you to imbibe. That's not, it's not that spirit. Now, back to what I'm going to say. So you see, there are different levels, and that's where I began from. There's a prophetic end, Anything that God has prophesied, we'll now start praying it. And we're raising the people who will walk with God. These people, they have the passion of God. That's what we're saying. They feel the way God feels about things. Talking about that giving thing. When they are giving, they are giving like God. Not because of what they want to get. God always gives because he wants to bless. Because he wants to impact something, you know, into people. That's why he does what he does. For God so loved. That he gave his only begotten son. So that whosoever believes, he will not perish but have. He wasn't doing it for himself. It's so that that fellow will have something. That's how God is. That's what love is. That's why we say that when John was now talking, John said, God is love. So they have the attitude of God. Let's not forget it. We learn these things. We must not forget to constantly learn. Every day. If you see something in scriptures and you were enjoying it before. And the Bible says it is bad. You just suddenly stop enjoying it. The illustration I use for that is I don't play April Fool. No, they call it April Fool. Yes. We, I mean, who didn't enjoy playing April Fool? It was fun. Then one day I read that the Bible says like a madman casting firebrands and arrows. So is a man who deceives his neighbor and says, was I not joking? King James says, was I not in sport? That was I no joking. He said, ah, I'm a madman firing. You know, let me tell you what firebrands and arrows is with a uncocked gun. Sorry, on, um, it's a gun with safety catch off. Just firing into the air. Say, so imagine madman with AK-47 on the road. Just firing. So that's how a man is when he's deceiving his neighbor. And he says, I was joking. So I'm a madman firing bullets. <laughs> That was how I stopped. It was, I mean, I stopped while I was on campus. So you can imagine. It's fun for young people. Fun for young people. That was when I stopped. But I just told myself it is not right. One day, a friend of mine said we should, we should play a prank. Do you understand? It was a very stupid prank. But no young boys. And this was on the streets of, <laughs> of all places. Over. So another friend, there were three walking on the road. Just to do something that would make... Was also embarrass some people passing and just make, just laugh about it. The other guy said that, you think it's funny? Let's go and preach to those two people. When they give their lives to Christ, we can laugh. <laughs> you, know, the, the, you know, we're three, three or four of us walking. One said, let's play a prank and laugh. The guy said, no, let's preach. If those two people give their lives to Christ, when they are speaking in tongues, we start laughing. I learned a lesson from that. So why can't we, why can't we joke with more serious things? It's a training. We learn God's habits. We learn his passion. Those are the traits of people that can pray and God will pay attention. We've been looking at that. Okay? Don't forget Daniel. Daniel was a man that moved heaven. 
Daniel was a man that moved heaven. Daniel was a man that moved heaven. Elijah too. Moses too. Last time we saw the fact that Elijah was a man of like passion. He was no more spiritual than you and me. He didn't have a trait in him that is so special we cannot be like it. No. So we said like, where we ended last time is that we must be people of constant faith. Not shelving our faith. Alright? When we, and then, okay, that's why I went to that side trip. You know, picking our faith only when we want to collect something from God, but not being converted into what really we appear like, using that giving as an example. We're not givers, but we give once in a while when we need something. Alright? So, most people of constant faith. Today, we're not looking at one side. Uh, I want to take that constant faith thing up to another level. And that's the, and a side of faith that people must not forget. That the Bible says that faith without works is dead. Now, the works of faith are important. Now, when the Bible uses the word righteousness, I need to explain this. Righteousness is of the heart. If you believe that, say amen. amen. Righteousness is in the heart. Please, if you believe it, say amen. amen. But let me just say one thing to you. If it's only in the heart, it's not genuine. It's not genuine. The righteousness is in the heart, but it produces works outside. That's what the Bible talks about, the works of righteousness. So even though it's in the heart, we know it by the works it produces. Listen, I want to talk, look at that in two levels today. That issue of faith, because I'm still talking about being a person of faith. We are taking that up, you know, to another level. If you have faith in your heart, we talk about having faith constantly. It will always manifest in how you do things. There are two sides to the works of faith. There are the works of righteousness, and there are the works of, now, I invented this now, the works of passion. What do I mean by works of passion? The things that matter to you, the things that you claim to be praying about, all right? You will do works that show that they matter. You know, when I was, um, when I was in NYC, and then, of course, if you walk in a clinic near a community and stuff like that, if somebody suddenly falls ill, and they are rushing the person to the hospital. You know, a lot of crowd will follow. Yeah, and they will seem to be concerned. You know the easy way to dismiss them? Tell them the fellow needs blood, who will donate. <laughs> this fellow that was rushed in just now, he needs two pints of blood. Close your eyes, open it after two minutes. You won't find anybody, your crowd has gone down. So be saying, sorry, 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 everybody will say sorry. But come, just tell them, the fellow needs two pints of blood. And where we get blood? We will donate now. Who are those who will donate? Every man will be giving me. Those who really, that is, you look around, only the family, that is, closest families. They are the ones that will remain. And bond, the friends that are, you know, that are stick closer than a brother. They are the ones that will remain. All those people that will do, as if they, show, they had consent, they will disappear. If you don't want to use blood, use admission fee is 18,000 naira. And they didn't come with any money. Please, just lock that gate. All the neighbors that came to look, they will break the gate to escape. <laughs> they will break the gate to escape. Why? Because, you see, that's why I said about righteousness, maybe in the heart. The things that are inside the heart, if you want to know whether it's genuine or not, it must produce works outside. That's why I remember I said the works of passion. The things that you are concerned about. Let me say this in scripture. We just read from Psalm 66 now. God does not pay attention to intercessors 
who walk in iniquity. Let's just let's call a spade a spade. Let's stop pretending that they are all agricultural equipment. Do you get my point? <laughs> call a spade a spade. If Christians who are habitual sinners gather to pray, God doesn't come. He doesn't listen. Now, we emphasized at the beginning, I'm not saying Elijah was perfect. Did I say he was perfect? I didn't say that. That's why I was careful to insert the word habitual. Let me tell you something about Israel. Uh, about uh, the way the Israelites, you know, when they, talk about, when they said that Jesus was moving with sinners. Hmm? Now, what gave the right... What gave the Jew a right to say somebody, another Jew was a sinner or a Gentile was a sinner? Ever thought about that? The Pharisees said Jesus was moving with sinners. Now, you have to understand their concept. Even though they had their problems, but in that area, he didn't call them in that area. And this is the reason. What they called a sinner, and I think we should learn from it. Now, they knew they were not perfect. Do you understand? They offer sacrifices regularly. It was because of imperfection. That's why Moses gave the sacrifices. They understood that. Even though they had their own problems with hypocrisy and uh, holier than thou and stuff like that. But basically, the fellow they called a sinner was a fellow who had given up entirely on the law. I don't know whether you are getting my point. That is, the man, even though he's not perfect, is trying to obey the law. On the Sabbath day, he stays at home. Do you follow? Yeah. If you tell him that um, this is how you are supposed to offer the sacrifices and you show him from the law, he will try and offer the sacrifices like that. If you say you cannot work on a Sabbath day, he can argue with you on what constitutes, what constitutes work on a Sabbath. You understand? But both of you agree that not working on the Sabbath day must be obeyed. Now, Jesus was angry with them a lot of times because they went as far as you couldn't help the sick. You couldn't help somebody who was in distress on the Sabbath. They wanted to heal somebody on the Sabbath. They said no. So those were their extremes. But basically, the Sabbath law was standing as far as they were concerned. Okay? Now, a lot of Christians these days will behave like sinners. And you see what I mean in a moment. We take scriptures and just disregard it as if the Lord didn't see anything. And now, I'm about to get back to one of those our funny areas. For example, I tell people that do you know the way we raise money? Jesus said we must never do it. He said don't, don't do your giving in public. Is it not clear? Like I can like again we say, any child with, with um, half sense can see that one. It's clear in scriptures. You don't have to be brilliant. It's clear in scriptures. When you want to give, try the best you can. Alright? To do it secretly, privately. Don't let your right hand see what your left hand is doing. But we, don't, we do as if he never said it. And we create a habit of what is wrong. That is what is called sin in the Bible. It is not that you just did something that is wrong. It's that you disregarded the word of God and you are moving on with your life as if what God said is of no consequence. When the Jews called somebody a sinner, those people were those who have given up on the laws of Moses. They're not even trying. They started debating whether the law was inspired at all. They started investigating what Moses was smoking in that area that led to hallucinations. <laughs> Are you getting my point? They started imagining all those kind of things. But as per the laws that Moses gave, they were not sacrosanct. They were not trying to understand the laws so as to obey them. If anything, the discussion is how to disregard the law. Those were the people he called sinners. 
So when, it, when Moses made it clear that somebody in need, you couldn't charge him interest if he borrowed money from you. All right? They didn't care. I'm a money lender. How am I supposed to eat? He said, but this is your brother, a Jew. He borrowed that money because of children's school fees. If he's paying you interest, you are saying his children shouldn't go to school or what? How will he pay back? He said, listen, this is where I get my money from. I'm a money lender. I'm, I'm not going into that the, the discussion details about that now because some people now carry it to the extreme. If somebody borrows your money to do business, it's a different matter. Yeah. That one is a different matter. That one you will negotiate. <laughs> you will negotiate. That one is negotiation. So, bros, if I you that wants to use somebody else to do business, money, and not share court with him, you are saying you are a wicked man. You are, you are wicked. What the Bible talked about is people wanted to meet needs. A man earns salaries at the end of the month. It's 20th of the month. The food has finished in the house. And it comes to you. Please, can I have 10K? My family needs to eat. Are you not charging me interest? God will punish you. He will. Ah, is it bad what I've said? <laughs> You're not used to preachers who talk like this. That's the problem. So grace has covered is a lie. You are... <laughs> I'm telling you, he will. God says, if you can't give him the money, dash him, no problem. Lend him the money. Yeah. When, at the end of the month, he collects his salary. Collect your 10000 naira, complete. Not one cobble extra. Do you get my point? Now, but the were Jews who just disregarded those rules. Those were the people they called sinners. It wasn't as if the other people did not sin. It wasn't as if the other people never broke any law. It was just that these guys made a habit of disregarding what the Lord has spoken. And I'm teaching today that such people cannot pray and God will pay attention. Go ahead what he said to Solomon. That's when Solomon was teaching. He said, because I called, you did not answer. He said, in the time of your distress, you too, you will call. And I will also not answer. That's what, that's what wisdom said. He said, you also call, I also will not answer. So that's, how, that's what I'm talking about, the works of Righteousness. We need to emphasize it for believers today. People are forwarding, like, you know, we're talking about that. Say, forward this message to one million people. You cannot gang up on God. You can't. If you are five million, it does not increase the potency of prayer. When God came to Sodom and Gomorrah and said, I will not destroy it for ten people. He said the kind of ten people, right? He said there had to be what? Ten righteous people. Not just ten praying people. They had to be ten righteous people. When I was talking about the works of passion, I need to get into that. Because they take our co- a country like ours. The number of people that are praying effectively for a, our country, they are fewer than many of us realize. They are. You say, how come we don't have constant power? And the power keeps improving. I hope you know that. Maybe your house has not improved. It's because of your local transformer issues. Do you understand? Uh-huh. No, it happens once in a while. And then we have some people that live around this road. They think they're in America. Yes, yeah, so there's some people, parts of New Haven, that they think they're in the U.S. Some of you are living there. But generally, all right, there's improvement. Okay, there's improvement. But the other day, say, why is it that good news doesn't make the news? Nobody forwards good news. Please, be, be, make it. No, I want to invite you into a club. Forward good news. Anytime you see something good has happened, all right, forward it. They are, they, a kingpin in Boko Haram has been arrested. Forward it to people. 
The other day, you know, I used to say that, and it was the fact, that one major problem in Nigeria, when it comes to power, okay, was not generation. The Lord didn't realize it then. It was transmission. I kept on saying that I didn't know they were seriously working on transmission. Was it last month or so? I, read, I just found out they had increased massively the transmission capability so that right now they can transmit everything generated. Problem is now back to generation again. At the time, generate all you could. They had the maximum they could transmit. But that has been broken now. It was, I think it was the vice president that went and commissioned something. Well, it didn't make the news. I was surprised. You should blow this thing. You know, do you get my point? You know, I found out that, hey, come on, these guys had solved the transmission problem, at least for now. Everything we, we, we generate now, they can transmit. Now, so generally, it's, it's, it's improving, all right? But I'm talking about the prayer aspect, the prayer aspect. One of the things I want Christians to know is that when you are praying for power in the country, if you're a power thief, your prayer is not being listened to. You know what they call a power thief? Those who bypass meters. Are you getting my point? Those who cheat EEDC and refuse to pay their bills. They are people that, when you're talking power, God says, don't talk. Don't talk. That is, you must not talk. If you talk, I spoil your generator. Listen, the Lord our God is a consuming fire. Let's get that clear. One major name he has in the Bible is Judge. Respect that name, Judge. He judges iniquity. This grace gospel that says that he doesn't is a lie. If you make iniquity a habit, he will judge you. He will judge you with love in his heart. Say, I love my son so much. Lie down there. I love my son. Six strokes. He will give you your six complete strokes out of love. That's it. So that you will not perish with the world. That's what he does. Let's emphasize it. I'm talking about prayer warriors. Pay your taxes. What did I say? It's not nice, Abby. Yes. Why? It's simple. Because you want to pray. That's what I'm talking about. Working with God is an assignment. Listen, all that it will cost you is that when you are, everybody's changing, uh, Samsung wants to start their next level of temptation. I hope you are not still being tempted. If you are still being tempted, you need deliverance. See me after. If you are, they are still tempting you, you have a problem. Alright? They want to start their temptation now. That's what I'm talking about. I've been harassing everybody. S9 is, is out. Now, what am I trying to say? That's all you will not be able to do. If you give government their taxes, hmm? You'll not be able to buy the phone. That's all. The house we need to build in 2017, uh, in 2018, probably will start it in 2019. That's all. But you have generated the capacity to pray. That's what I'm talking about. I hope you're getting my point. Listen, if you're a politician, don't rig elections. Lose gallantly. What did I say? Lose gallantly. Come to church, say, hey, hallelujah, results are out, brethren, I lost today's election. Hey, Amen. That was my testimony. They go and sit down. So what is testimony? Brethren, I want you to know that with all the temptations to join in rigging, I refused. Why? Because I need to pray. I hope you're getting my point. You know, men behave funny. They will be committing adultery and they expect their children to turn out normal. I mean, I mean why do we behave as if our brains don't work? Men are committing adultery and they want their children to be obedient. <laughs> Satan is very wicked. Though. It makes people very foolish. 
You wake up in the morning, you drink poison. And you want to live long. That's exactly what people are doing. Where the one that told me that one big man came to see you? One prophet had told him that you see, your, the people in your office don't want you to progress. I'm, I'm adding many things together now. They are doing juju against you. They've gone to raise altars against your progress. A prophet had told him all of that. He came to see this man of God. As he was talking, this man was checking his spirit. After a while, his spirit told him the man's problem. His spirit said, this man is unfaithful to his wife. So when he finished talking, he said, Oga, let's tell ourselves the truth. You are not a good man. You are unfaithful to your wife. Ah, which kind of prophet are you? That's why he didn't get an offering. You know, I told you. This is your prophecy. He didn't get, he didn't get any offering. He didn't even get any offering. Do you know why? He tells the truth. How much did that prophet collect from him? They have been servicing prophets with things like half a million, 200,000. Yes. But they're not telling the truth. They were pointing at, so you see that guy, anybody you see whose skin tone is darker than this, he he's after you. <laughs> and he was believing that you will come for prayer and fasting. This man just told him straight. Oh boy, you know what your problem, where it started from? You have released evil spirits into your own home. Nobody's after you. Go and repent. Sack the girl. Tell your wife, sorry. I don't know exactly what you're talking about anyway, but I'm giving my, adding my own words. Go and repent. Tell your wife you're sorry. Go and repent properly. Start go, properly give your life to Christ. People like to share their life. They give the part that's going to heaven to Christ. Are you getting my point? Like Jesus, oh, please, oh. <laughs> when you are going to heaven, hold this one. Then the one they are using on the earth. No, Jesus, just leave that one. Because you know, we need to enjoy this earth. You know, you know, you, know, you didn't marry. You don't understand what we're talking about. You know? <laughs> A lot of so-called Christians is only half of half. Can Jesus say half of their life? One third of their life, their business life, Jesus don't come near. Their life, you know, their grooving life. When they've dropped wife and children at home, Jesus don't come. Listen to me, if you are like that, he's not listening to your prayers. He's not. He's not angry yet. What did I say? Yet. The anger is, you know, he has a bucket. The iniquity of the Amorite is not yet full. Now your case be that. But I'm say, for now, grace or no grace is not listening. Yeah, you know, it's as if we pastors forget this part of this, this gospel. We don't seem to remember it. To tell people. That's how people come to church and they are not changed. David said it clearly for, to us, Psalm, Psalm 66 there, in that verse 18. How did he say it again? He said, if I regard wickedness in my heart. The Lord will not hear. I like that emphasis. He said, the Lord will not hear. If I keep wickedness in my heart, the Lord will not hear. Listen to me. How you live your life in the matters of righteousness affects the kind of power God releases. In fact, it affects how much attention God pays to your prayers. The Daniel that shook heaven. Just don't pray was all they asked him not to do. For 30 days. What's the big deal? 30 days, don't pray. But no, he was so committed to walking in righteousness before God, you couldn't get him not to pray for 30 days. And he was ready to go, to, he was ready to die for it. That was why he shook heaven. Listen, if it will be people that will pray and the Lord will pay attention, our lifestyle matters. 
you cannot pray for business success while you are cheating your neighbor. It doesn't work. No, it doesn't work. Listen, Christ or no Christ, if your habit is cheating people that you do business with, or did that man is very wicked, the God will punish him. Listen, it's gathering. It's accumulating. When the clouds are full, they pour forth rain upon the head of the man of iniquity. Listen, Christianity is that you are above board in everything you do. That's what Christianity is about. Sometimes people sell, you know, they sell, and you go to the market, you want to buy a TV. They tell you it's sunny. All right? But if you look close, this sunny has double N. The normal sunny has one N. The one that used to make me like, is it Panasonic? That one is Panasonic. That is, <laughs> the sonic is spelled with a U. Every other thing will look the same. Listen, people of God, don't trade in such. No, it's simple. It's simple. It's straightforward. So that's what everybody is buying. That's why they are going to hell. What did you think? Those who are sending it to them. You think God just sends people to hell for nothing? Yes, he, he, he accumulates all this iniquity for them to see. He has to be just. Yes, he's just. And one thing I've noticed about people is that, you know, when they were young, people, traders would tell you, no, now this one, they move market. Is that is a lie. Is their greed. I don't know whether you get my point. It's greed. It's pure greed. They have a higher markup on those ones. That's the point I'm making. They have a higher markup. Once I went to go and buy, was, I remember many years ago, was oil filter. I, and just by the way, let me just teach you one way you get tricked all the time in the market. The bad one, they give you with a, a higher initial price to create the impression of quality. Then you start begging them, you know, start haggling. Then they come down. Somebody offers you something for 7,000 naira. By the time it comes down to 4,005, you think yeah, you, did a, you are getting a good bargain. You know the truth? It's not worth more than 2,000 naira. <laughs> they do that a lot. And the one that you recognize that you think is good quality is there. It's offering it for 6,000. It's not going lower than that. But it calls this one 7,000 naira for you to create an impression of quality, then you start haggling. They do that a lot. One guy did it to me once, but good enough, I caught him. Because I recognized the one he wanted to sell to me. I asked somebody, else, just like that guy was fired, that's why I went to another shop that day. Now, let's not even talk about their tricks. I'm talking to believers. Poverty is better than the wrath of God following you about. I, I hope what I'm saying is clear. My message is not interesting, Apostle Kimothy, is it? <laughs> but it's the truth. It is, it is the truth. I'm talking about the prayer warrior. People that go, listen, don't believe any gospel of grace that says that once you have given your life to Christ, anything you do is correct. It's not true. Paul made it clear to us what we're supposed to believe is a gospel of repentance. That was what he was commissioned to preach. Peter said the same thing. Jesus gave us this gospel to preach. And he told that he is the judge of the living and the dead. He made it clear. So giving your life to Christ is not just I answered an altar call. It is that I repent of dead works. And I start following him as a disciple. Not a church member, but what? A disciple. What's the difference between a church member and a disciple? A church member goes to church. A disciple, after he leaves church, in between church services, whether there's service or there's no service, in fact... A disciple only comes to church because he knows that in this place, 
I'm being molded into the image of Christ. I'm not there to get a certificate so I can go to heaven. In this place, I'm being molded into the image of Christ. That is what church membership is for a true disciple. It's a place where I help other people become like Christ Jesus also. It's a place where I meet my brethren as iron sharpens iron. The true disciples understand that the name of the church you go to is not checked when you get to heaven. The day of judgment, nobody checks. Nobody checks. All the churches are, are one as far as Jesus Christ is concerned. Please, I hope you are following the point I'm making. We're talking about a prayer warrior. Look, listen. For God to pay attention, like I said the other time, we are focusing more on intercessory prayer. That's why I keep on using nations as an example. You show your attitude. I preached on Saturday about two or three Saturdays ago here. There are many people who claim they are praying for a country like this. Their prayers are not working because God says, listen, what are you doing with your money? I'm using my money to buy security elsewhere. And I claim I'm praying for the nation I'm living in. God said, forget it. I'm not angry. That one is even, you know, I've talked about works of righteousness. Now I'm talking about works of passion. God said, I'm not angry with you. You will not die for this one. You ain't going to hell. Nothing. You are, you are a Christian. I certify that you are a Christian. But in this matter, I will not listen to you. Your prayer does not work. Your passion is not in it. You know, that's why then we, we explain with Jeremiah. Remember we read the story of Jeremiah? Go to Jeremiah to go and buy land. What was he trying to say? David said it like this. Restore our captivity, O God, as streams renew the desert. And God answered and said, those that sow in tears will reap with joy. That is, what was he saying, sowing in tears? Look, the land didn't have water then. I'm combining things now. Bought the land and started planting in it. What they are planting, they don't have much of it. It would have been better to take the grain and turn it to bread and eat. But he said, no, let's show faith in the land. When I say show faith in the land, that God will bless us in this land. That's why he said, those that sow in tears, they will reap with joy. Many Christians, if I, one guy wrote a joke about it, like when we were in school those days. <laughs> one guy wrote on the wall, you know the way people write graffitis, you know, just write stuff on the wall. He wrote, I'm a Nigerian and I love Nigeria. One guy came and wrote behind <laughs> after him. I'm a Nigerian, but I love America. <laughs> now, it's, it's funny, right? But that's how many of us behave. And I'm saying to people like that, forget it. You cannot shake heaven like Daniel. Are you getting my point here? Listen, you are praying. Please, if you can get that um, series. I think spiritual economics. When did I teach that? Spiritual economics. Please get that and listen to it. I taught on that, that extensively. I thought I need then. If you are praying for the economy of a country like this, God says, oh boy, where's your money? It's in my hand. He said, plant it in the economy. It is not only, listen, giving money, what I call spiritual seeds, all right? They just use the word spiritual for it now. It's very important. It's part of Christianity. For example, you give to sponsor the gospel is fundamental part of Christian giving. Do you understand my point? However, that is not all when it comes to working for God. That's not all. There is a way you will invest money in Enugu or in Nigeria or anywhere you believe in and you are trusting God for. Maybe one African country. All right? Anywhere. Whatever your, whatever your passion, whatever you feel God has pushed you to. And that investment is seen as an offering unto the Lord. I don't know whether you are getting my point. It is seen as a work of God. 
one major thing you find, you know, if you watch the way businesses are structured and how people plan their business, business, the first thing that is in front is how much money to bring back. Are you getting my point? Yeah. But listen to me. Your money is a statement. How you spend your money is a statement you are making. False believers, listen, you must understand the way Christians reason. False money is not just about, money is not just about, um, uh, how do I say, what I can use it to get for myself. That's not what money is. We have different, our attitudes toward money is different from that of the average person. We understand that our money is a statement. What I preach to Christians is that, do you trust the word of God? Because listen, sometimes you have to understand how faith works. Let me explain what I'm trying to say here. Do you trust that there is power in the word? All Christians will say what? Amen. Yes. There is power in the word. Every Christian will believe. So, Benue said there's been crisis. Let's say no good there's trouble. Abakele Kilas assumed there's wahala there. What is the solution? We must preach the gospel. That's all right, good. So tomorrow we have 10 men going to Benue, 10 going to Abakeleki, and 10 going to the rural areas of Enugu. What we need is money for fuel, food, accommodation, and all of that. God says, I will not check how much you believe that it is the solution. Bill Gates believes that technology is the solution. So he invests, he believes that if you research enough, you can solve any problem. So he pours money into research. That's why you're like, quoted for us earlier, $40 billion he has given so far. But a man like David Green, he believes that the knowledge of the word of God is the solution. He's not as rich, physically speaking, as Bill Gates. But proportionally, he has given more to advancing the gospel than Bill Gates has given to his own cause. Many of you say, who's David Green? Do you, how many people have a version on their phones? Which one do you use? Huh? Bible, Bible, that's the name. Okay, but it's the most popular um, app now, Bible app, the U version. All right, it's been downloaded um, by national across two hundred million times. A few years ago, they were celebrating the one hundred millionth download. All right, a few years ago, my wife and I went to the US. My wife said she must go. In fact, she just told her friend, "I must go to Hobby Lobby." So that one kind had to Hobby Lobby. Why? That's the business David Green owns. So my wife went to buy a household decoration from Hobby Lobby. Just out of love for the man that let's, let's put some money. So she went and bought stuff. Okay? Hobby Lobby is the name of his company. It's a family owned company. He spends money heavily on promoting the gospel. And to him, the word of God is the solution. So he wants it available on every device on the earth. So, I think by now, they have is how many hundreds or up to a thousand translations available on version. In Look, I have a Yoruba Bible on my phone. I don't need an Anibo Bible. You know all those kind of things. If you want an Anibo Bible on your phone, it's not hard. Now, the point I'm making, David Green pours money into it. You download it for free. It's not free for him. You download it for free. It's not free for him. They maintain servers. They pay royalties. There are some they pay for every download you download. Because these Bibles, come, they, they belong to different people. Is this Zon Devan? They call them, they have their own. You understand? There are di- Bible societies. There are different people who translate different Bibles. There are few in the public domain. Very, very few. But the point I'm making is that, you see, that's where his heart is. He says it is a solution to the problems of mankind. So the man is pushing Bibles in every language. That's why I mentioned Yoruba Bible, Igbo Bible, Hausa Bible, Ethic Bible. Any, look, 
Chinese languages. It has scores of languages. Once the Bible is there, the man will negotiate with those who own it, who own the rights. They will discuss the terms and everything, but he will put it there. Some of them, they say you can't download. He said, fine. You know, a lot of them you can't download. You can just read it online. It's part of the agreements they have. But that man single-handedly funds that. So if he tells you, I believe the word of God is the solution to the problems of mankind, God says, yes, he does. He does. He does. He does. He's the man that dragged Obama's government to court. That is not providing contraception and abortion. That his company will not. They say, no. He says it's a private company. So it is run by family rules. We're a Christian family. Drag them to court. Lost in the first round. Appeal he won. By himself, he took it to Supreme Court. And won the Supreme Court. Why he did that is that after that, there's no appeal anymore. They had discussed it. And if you see the fine that he was going to be paying, the company was going to go bankrupt. He said, no, I'm not breaking my rule. He was ready to get to close the company down. Rather than break the law of God. Oh, the man wasn't joking, David Green. He wasn't joking. Can Google up his story? The man was not joking. So when they were going to court, it was with, it was with prayer. People were back at home praying, declaring the word of God as the judges were sitting. Because the man said, lie, lie, we will not disobey God, no matter who you are. So if that man says that he believes that he, the Bible, the word of God, is a solution to the problems of mankind, God says, yes, I bear witness that he believes it. I hope you are following what I'm saying. For us to be effective intercessors, we do works. No, it's not the work that, you know, are you getting my point? It's the, manif- it's the work being a manifestation of a true faith that's inside the heart. That's it. One of the reasons why I like the man, let's just use him to give us an example. One of the reasons why I like Dangote, he's not a believer, but just it is a principle there. let let's see from the fig tree. The man believes, it's obvious he believes in Nigeria, more than most Christians. It's not obvious. It's obvious. He's from Kano, right? His biggest investment on the earth is in Lagos State. People like him, when they pray, look, you can criticize him all you want, but his prayers are more potent than that of many Christians. I'm telling you the truth about the country. Some people, some people, that's why I told Christians, listen, one of our sisters here that used to be here in Enugu, one day she came, told me she was going to Sokoto for internship. Then she finished that one. She was back in Sokoto again for, for youth service. Then came and dragged one of her friends. <laughs> when I go to Sokoto, I see many faces, you understand? There are two, two of them, you know? You see them there. From Enugu here, disappear goes to go to. I said, Pastor Banky, this is your preaching. They get effect too because boldly, these two young women went. Now you think that they are joking. When I saw them last time I went to Sokoto, not this last time, one of the times I went recently, I told Chioma and I said, there's no problem. You are going to marry one Dan Ladi. You are not coming back home. <laughs> you will marry a Sokoto indigenous. Now this one I make me to them. I said, listen, you are going to marry somebody of no, that will, it's people like you that we used to sew the country together. <laughs> yeah, we are threads. So you are here now, no problem. We'll find you one, one Isa El Buba to marry. You know, you know, Isa El Buba is from Meduguri. Yeah, he's a Meduguri man. Anyway, back to my message. So I told the sister, I said, listen, this is people like you who used to weave the country together. I tell Christians, see, you don't just sit down and put your mouth somewhere. It's called double-mindedness. Your works must go there too. Are you getting my point here? Your works must go there too. You are praying for national unity. 
you will do works of national unity. Yes, you will. You will forget your father's house. So, where are you from? Say, I'm from Nigeria. Where in Nigeria? From the kingdom of God in Nigeria. There's nothing else that's relevant in this discussion. That's what I want to say. What I'm going to say, these are the works that make our prayers what? Potent. We don't only pray with our mouth. Listen to me. We pray with our deeds. We pray with our actions. When we say we believe something, it reflects in how we behave. It reflects in how we spend our money. I mean, I want to talk for a minute to those who are not married. It reflects in how we make choices when it comes to marriage. There are people that God say this one. I'm going to send an angel to flog you. Once a woman is not from his state, he doesn't greet her a second time. You're a sinner. You will go to hell. Okay, you won't go to complete hell. It's just marriage hell you are heading for. The man is chasing you. He said, where he's from? My, my, my people don't like people from that area. Don't let God judge you. You know, I've been begging. Look, grace won't cover this thing. So. Henceforth, you know no man after the flesh. John Paul, are you listening? You can marry a canary woman. Say amen. <laughs> In fact, I'd like to fool any girl go fit this guy very well. Yes, from Niger. Thank you. They will know you are a Christian indeed. That's Christianity for you. Yes, that's it. We take, I'm telling you, that, that's the truth. What we believe shows in our actions. Please, I'm talking about the prayer word. Let me close. My time is late gone. All right? It shows in our actions. Please, I'm serious about this. Without these things, we can kneel and pray all we want. The Lord is not, He doesn't believe, we, over not, He doesn't believe, we are not serious. That's why he said when we pray in accordance with his will. People think his will is that he will show us just, okay, I want to... No. Things I have written. Things you claim to believe in. Live like you do. That way you are not double-minded. What you really believe shows up in your actions. A true prayer warrior is really a person of faith. But faith without works is vain. That faith is not alive. And David, um, sorry, James told us, Elijah, he said, the fact, he was talking about Elijah, said the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available. That's what I've been emphasizing. I've been emphasizing that word righteous. What is righteousness? Righteousness is what I have talked about today. Let's bow down here to pray. I'll just give each person a minute. As I was speaking, the Lord was talking to you. The Lord was talking to you as I was speaking. Let's keep praying. Let's ask the Lord to um, search our hearts. Search our hearts. If there's any iniquity in us, the Bible, like we read, if we keep, if we regard iniquity in our heart, the Lord will not hear us. Let's pray this evening once again and say, Lord, search my heart. Search my heart. Search my heart. Everybody, please pray that prayer like you mean it. Say, Lord, search me. Search me. Search me. There's a translation I, I read. I read said if you have unconfessed sins, if you have regard that thing in your heart, say then God will not hear you. God will not hear you. Pray. Say Lord, search my heart. It's a heart condition. It's a heart thing. Say Lord, search my heart. And by your blood, Lord, wash me clean. 
I do not take the grace of God for granted. I do not frustrate the grace of God over my life. I truly want to be a prayer warrior. Lord, search my heart. Search me again and again and again. I open myself to you. You know me better than I do. You know me better than I do. Lord, search my heart. Search my heart. Maybe we need to rise. Let's just pray for about three minutes. Let's take some time to pray for ourselves. Let's rise up, everybody. And pray that prayer once again. Say, Lord, search my heart in the name of Jesus. If we truly believe these things, that if we have unconfessed sins, if we regard iniquity in our hearts, that God will not hear us. And I think that should bring some fear to us. Let's pray and say, Lord, have mercy on me. Search me in the name of Jesus. If there are things I'm still holding forth, if there are things I still hold back, Lord, by your mercy, help me to release those things. If there are people I need to forgive, Lord, help me to forgive them. In the name of Jesus, if there are idols in my heart, Lord, help me to do away with those idols. Lord, just search my heart in the name of Jesus and purge me. And purge me. Search my heart. Everybody, please pray that prayer for yourself. You know, it's a personal prayer. I want to be that man that carries weight in the realm of the Spirit. Lord, search my heart. Every one of us here, Lord, please search our hearts. If we have iniquities in our heart, maybe there are things that we need to let go. And it's difficult. Lord, we open up to you today. You understand that it's difficult. Lord, help us to let go of those things in the name of Jesus. Help us to let go of those things. Maybe there are restitutions we need to make. And sometimes when you think of those things, you know, draws you back. You need to ask God to help you. It's not by power, it's not by might, it's by the Spirit of the Lord. Say, Holy Spirit, help me. Holy Spirit, help me. Holy Spirit, help me. In the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, help me. Holy Spirit, help me. Help us, Lord. That is our prayer this evening. Creating us a clean heart. So that we can pray and our prayers will be answered by you. Lord, we give you praise. Thank you, Lord, for your word this evening. Just thank him for the word that you've heard. Thank him because, you know, he loves us so much. That is why he brings us words directly from heaven. And we align with these words that we've heard. Lord, we give you praise. Thank you. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Amen. Praise the name of Jesus. Let's stand up as we um, take a benediction. Let's share the grace in fellowship. One, two, three, go. Because of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, surely we have passed out of death and we are passing into life.